Mark chapter 14, and we begin reading in verse 3. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, I just love the kind of people Jesus hang out with, don't you? Amen. As he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. That's another way of saying very expensive. Amen. And she break the box and poured it on his head. That's not something very common in those days. Some estimate that that was the equivalent of about three years of wages. Could you imagine saving up for three years to spill it all on somebody's head? All right, listen to this. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? It's hard for me to read this without preaching on every verse. All right, verse 5. For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor, and they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. They were calling it a waste. Jesus was calling it good. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. By the way, don't expect people to do what you think should be done. If you think it should be done, then get up and do it yourself. Somebody say amen right there. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Wow. Focus with me, verse 3. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. Read the next few words with me out loud. And she break the box. Today my message is simply break the box. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Break that box. Many of us hesitate. Many of us even refuse sometimes to do the very thing that was purposed to be done with our lives. I'm looking at this box from a a little bit of a different perspective this morning. This box is a vessel that contains something that is very precious. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, But we have this treasure, and is speaking of Jesus Christ through the person of the Holy Spirit. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that is our bodies being the temple of the holy spirit if you're with me say amen 
we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. In other words, God put the treasure within you so that it's not the box that is of any value, but it is the substance in the box that is of value. And that's sometimes where we get a little mixed up and we hesitate. It's, it's like the disciples had uh, were complaining because they looked at what she did as a waste. And, and, and it was interesting to me how that they had uh, several excuses in their mind for why it should have been done differently. It should have been done somewhere else and should have been done uh, for somebody else. And, and so they had the geography uh, wrong. They had the person wrong. They had the purpose wrong and all of that, all because they was tied up in how expensive it was to the degree that they were afraid to actually break the box. And a lot of times, churches today have treasures bound up and they're afraid to release the treasures that they have. I think of a church, uh, I will not mention the name of the church or the location, but they have well over a million dollars in their cemetery fund. And because somebody died and left some money to be earmarked for the cemetery fund, they're afraid that they'll turn over in their grave if we, they use that money for anything else. And that church has been sitting there for years, and they can't use that money for anything but cutting grass. How much grass can you cut with that much money? Can I get an amen this morning? If you had some common sense, you would realize that people who uh, left that had no idea that it would grow to how much it grew to, and they would probably want some of it used for something else. Amen. And a lot of times we get tangled up and we get tied up in church infrastructure to the degree that we're afraid to tap into the treasures and actually use it for what it was meant to be used for. I like what one preacher said, and many of you may disagree with this statement, but I'm going to say it for the sake of illustration and for the sake of making a point. He said, I don't believe that churches should have a whole lot of money in their account at any time. It should all be invested in the kingdom so that the word of God can go forth. I kind of like that concept and here's why. The church is not a building savings and loan department. It is supposed to take the treasure that God has blessed us with so that we could turn around and bless the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. My message today is break the box can somebody say amen this morning amen praise God break the box and uh, I, I see several things in this text that I want to try to point out if the Lord will help me but I want to emphasize again the box itself is not what is precious it is the content that is precious don't forfeit the fragrance in the name of valuing its package over its aroma. I mean, you ladies that do perfume and all that, uh, what good would a bottle of perfume be if you never cracked the seal and actually used it for special occasions? Amen? 
but so many times we have Jesus bottled up inside of us and he was put there, amen, not to be re- uh, restrained and not to be constrained and not to be hidden. There ought not to be secret closet Christians in the world, uh, but God wants us to break out on this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen. That's why we started our radio program this morning with the little song, Somebody Ought to Testify, amen. Uh, if you have a testimony, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It's time that we quit holding it back and bottling it up, amen. It's time that we exclaim to the world the good news of Jesus Christ. Can you tell me one thing this morning? What is news meant to be done with? It is meant to be published, amen. It is meant to be declared. It is meant to be heralded. And we have the best news of mankind, amen, past, present, or future, and we act like uh, that we ought to be quiet and we act like we ought to be embarrassed or ashamed uh, and we get quiet on God and we get quiet on others uh, and God wants you to break your box. In fact, the box was built to be broken. Amen. And some of you are wondering what you're going to do with your testimony. Your life has been such a mess that you're embarrassed to tell people what God's done for you. But can I tell you, you were designed to be broken. That is, God wants to uh, ooze through the cracks of your life to give testimony of the treasure within that far surpasses uh, the frailty of the box in which it was contained. And if we will let Jesus out, people will notice so much the value of Jesus that they'll forget all about who you are and they'll say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Look what God did with this broken vessel. I remember when Jesus picked me up on September the 9th of 1990. I was broken in sin, but he saw in that marred jar of clay the potential it had of value being placed within it and it being serving a purpose of glorifying God. And God, amen, took this old jar of clay and he didn't throw the clay away, but he made it again another vessel that seemed fit for the master to use it. Amen. And God wants you to test not of who you were but of who he is amen and if you'll testify of who Jesus is people will forget about who you were amen don't be embarrassed to tell people what God's done for you speak up for Jesus break the box individual break the box church amen don't be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ We also were made to be broken. Let's not hold back, but break forth by breaking to pieces our own will and letting Jesus rule our lives. If you're getting it, say amen. My life is of no value without Jesus. Absolutely none whatsoever. The only treasure that I have is Jesus Christ. Anything that I hold in my hand cannot come even close to comparing with what I hold in my heart. Sometimes we get it all backwards. And we live our lives investing in that which we can hold in our hands. While that, that person that we hold in our heart is never heard of from our own lips. And God help us to repent of the sin 
of being too quiet for Jesus. Notice with me in this text that the disciples thought that she used her gift first in the wrong place. In fact, they recommended that she sell it, which would have forfeited her opportunity to break the box for this very special occasion in her life. This would have been, if she took the advice of the church council, this would have been a failure of epic proportions. She would have missed out on a once in an eternity opportunity. Did you catch that? There was only one time in her life or in the life of Jesus, and that matter for the life of history itself, that this could have been done. And she was not going to forfeit that opportunity and let somebody else benefit from that treasure that was in her box. But the disciples thought it could have been used better in somebody else's hands. And that's what the devil will lie uh, to you about, is he will tell you to let somebody else do it. He will tell you to let somebody else testify. He will tell you to, to, to trade your birthright for something else that's of less value. He will try to convince you that you're not going to be, make that much of a difference. But God sent me to tell you that the devil is a liar and that you and only you has your testimony. Amen? That you need to speak up for Jesus. That you need to let the Lord use you. And don't wait for somebody else to do what God only meant for you. And so this box is meant precisely for right here and right now. Amen. I mean, why must the box always be better broken elsewhere? Why do we sometimes get the attitude that's for someone else, uh, but we can never do that here. Uh, but let me tell you something. Uh, when God wants to do something, uh, He wants to do something right here and right now in your life and in the life of this church. Amen. If you're looking for a move of God, don't look any further than right here and right now because God wants to do something here. Amen. Uh, he wants your alabaster box uh, broken right here he wants you to release uh, all those treasures and all those gifts that God has put in you to contribute to the kingdom of God and to pour oil on the head of Jesus amen he wants you to use it with all of your might and with all of your strength and with all of your heart and with all of your soul and he wants you to do it right here and right now so many times people want to put it off for various reasons uh, and they'll spend their lifetime looking for a better opportunity looking for a better place and then they'll come to the end of their life and realize uh, that they wasted the opportunities that they had uh, and then they'll live uh, the rest of their life in regret asking the question what if uh, what if I had done uh, what I could have done in fact that's what Jesus said of this lady she hath done what she could. Amen. Uh, and so many people don't do what they know they can do. Uh, and by the way, that's all God is asking of you and me is do what you can. Uh, you, you get all worked up over the things that you can't do. And you look at other people and say, oh, I wish I could uh, uh, serve God like them. I wish I could offer the kingdom what they're offering the kingdom. Oh, I wish I could preach like that. Or, I, boy, I wish I could sing like that. Or, I wish I could give like that. I, I wish I had their 
their energy. I wish, and you spend your whole life wishing, and all Jesus is asking for is that you do what you can with what you have where you're at right now. I'm telling you, break the box. Amen. Uh, it's going to do nobody good, any good after you're dead and gone. Amen. Uh, go ahead and invest in the kingdom. Go ahead and make your mark for Jesus. Go ahead and do all that you can. Amen. Uh, and I know sometimes just people may look at you and think, well, they don't have much to offer. Don't worry about how they value it. Amen. Uh, you know what you've got, and you need to give it to the Lord with all of your heart. And it's not how much you have in your hand. It's who you're holding your heart anyway. Amen. You remember that widow lady that dropped in a, a just a, I'm talking about pennies in the offering plate. And, and, and she was uh, in the minds of the rich of that service. Uh, uh, she was competing with the, the most uh, financially uh, suitable people who were also giving in large chunks. And Jesus made the assessment that she gave more than all of them. It wasn't because she gave more money. It's because she gave more heart. Amen. I'm glad that even David with just a rock in his hand and a sling stone can kill a giant if he'll just give God what he has. Amen. I'm glad that just a little boy with just five loaves and two fishes, uh, uh, amen, putting it in the hands of Jesus can feed the multitudes, can feed thousands upon thousands of people. God wants me to tell you today uh, to break your box. Amen. That treasure is not meant to be hid or reserved or held back or waiting for another day if you want to know where God wants you to serve it's right here and right now so what are you waiting on amen the box is meant precisely for right here and I want to ask this if not here then where or do you live in a life of perpetual putting off every time you have another opportunity you always find another reason not to do it well, I would give more, but I'm trying to save for my retirement. Or I would do more, but I'm really tied up in building my career right now. I would volunteer more, but I'm too wrapped up in other things. The whole time, the Holy Spirit's wanting to know why you're missing in action. Break your box. Amen. That is, as Jesus said, he that findeth his life shall lose it. But he that loseth his life for my sake in the gospel, the same shall find it. If you want to know where real life is, it's not in preserving yourself. It's in, it's in obliterating yourself and giving Jesus the pieces so that he can reassemble your life in a fashion that makes the most sense to him. Amen. And I'm glad that Jesus can take my life and do something with it because I've tried in vain to make my life of any value. But the only value that I've ever found is when I break myself at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, I'm worthless uh, but if you can take me and use me you can change the atmosphere and you know what want to know what happens when you learn how to praise God with your life uh, with your very essence of yourself uh, the aroma changes the atmosphere uh, Jesus presence all of a sudden takes over and the next thing you know everybody in the room can smell what God's doing in your life can I get an amen uh, I don't know about you but I want Jesus uh, amen I want his fragrance rolling off of me 
everywhere I go and everything that I do and everything that I say I want to tell people more of Jesus and less of myself even John the Baptist said he must increase and I must decrease amen so the box is meant precisely for right here and right now but not only that I want to say this this box is meant for priceless moments and I've already elaborated on this some but I want to note that they thought she used her gift at the wrong time and there's always someone to think of a reason that another time is a better time not only should you break it here but you should break it now the time is now God wants me to tell this church the time is now amen if we're ever going to do anything for God, the time is now. We don't have time to think about, talk about, pray about for another 15 years whether or not we want to do something for God. Amen? I, I want to put it this way. The church is not here to build memorials of the past, but to build momentum for the future. Amen? And so many times, like that church I referenced earlier, that can't spend the money on anything but cutting grass, so it'll always grow. What, what, what kind of indictment will that be on Judgment Day? You could have supported X amount of missionaries and win, won X amount of people with the gospel had you just been willing to share some of that. But you, you, but you see what I'm saying? It's just ridiculous the things that we get caught up in. The frame of thought that we get into. See, sometimes... Church becomes institutionalized. It, it, it gets here, we get in a mode of thinking, not in terms of momentum, but in terms of management. Can I teach a minute? You know the difference between uh, management and rulership? I posted this on Facebook last night. Jesus said, uh, Faithful hast thou been over a few things. I will make thee ruler of many. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Management requires toil and labor, whereas ruling requires the joy of the Lord. If you want to rule your life, you find and tap into the joy of the Lord. Otherwise, you will be in maintenance mode and management mode as an individual and as a church. And church will always be a grind. And church will become stagnant. And churches uh, come into stalemates all the time because some people think it's a good idea to do this and then other people object. And then the next thing you know, nobody can get together so we'll just sit around and do the same old thing we've always done and never get any different results because everybody's afraid to do anything new. But God says break the box. Amen. He was not built. Uh, God is not here to be contained within the restraints of man-made uh, rules and regulations you can't find in that Bible anyway. Break the box. Let God out. Amen. Is what if the church, and let me, let me put it this way, uh, is what we're doing for God, does it, does it further the gospel or does it frustrate the gospel? Now, I understand there needs to be order. I understand there needs to be unity. And that's why we have certain things in place so that we can uh, harness a spirit of unity amongst the body of believers. I'm, I'm not objecting to that until 
until it becomes something that frustrates and stagnates the furtherance of the gospel. At that point, we must realize the reason we're not in harmony is, uh, with one another is because we're not in harmony with this book. Do you want to know how to keep moving forward for the kingdom of God as a church body in unison? When we all decide that all of us unify around the truths of this book. When we all decide that this is our standard, amen, then that pretty much eliminates any restrictions or restraints that man-made systems might put on us to move forward with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's so frustrating sometimes. As a pastor, I've been in places and I've heard of places where pastors had a vision for the church uh, to move forward. They presented that vision before a body of believers. Uh, uh, and because somebody objected, we based our decisions based upon what we're afraid people will react to rather than what God is actually leading the church to do. And I got a newsflash for you. As your pastor, I am praying to God that I never make myself beholden to fear of how people react to what God is doing in our lives. I'm going to cast the vision. I don't care what people say as long as I know what God has already said. And we have to be as bold as lions because guess what? People are going to talk. People are going to say things. There are always going to be people, uh, critics uh, of what we're doing for God. Amen. They're going to question your motives. And, and usually for some of us, it might not take more than one hit. But for most of us, three strikes and we're out. If we have more, more than two or three uh, negative opinions, we just say, well, maybe I missed the boat. Well, maybe I should rethink this. Maybe we shouldn't go down that road. After all, so-and-so might get all upset. And I remember the last time they flew off the handle when we did something and we didn't run it by them. And God never set the church up to answer, amen, to an individual that's all mumbly-grumbly and critical all the time anyway. Yeah. Amen. God's saying break your box of man-made religious rules and regulations. Get rid of it. If your rule book frustrates the propagation of the gospel, it needs to be ripped to shreds and you need to go back to the basics of the Word of God as found in the book of Acts, amen, uh, where the Christians didn't have to have a committee meeting for every single thing they ever wanted to do for God. They just rose up and did what God called them to do, amen, and they had no problem sharing their uh, livelihood with one another. They would actually sell their real estate and dump all of the proceeds into the church and then trust God to meet their needs I'm talking about a radical Christianity but yeah now we can't even so much as buy a certain brand of toilet paper without having a vote on it <laughs> maybe not here I hope not I haven't heard but it happens too often in too many churches and we've got to this place to where we think we have a treasure worth fighting for and all that treasure is some man-made notion or idea or system that was built by man with a limited understanding of what God intended. That being said, the box was a mode of transportation to deliver the fragrance, not a trap to hold it and constrain it away forever. And the church was put here 
not to build monuments and memorials of what happened yesterday and who did what yesterday. Amen. But the church was meant to build momentum. And if there's anything standing in our way of reaching more with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then by all means, uh, let's remove the hindrance and let's do what God's called us to do. Amen. Amen. And I, I might as well just go ahead and say it while I'm here. Y'all okay with this? You're nervous now, ain't you? All I'm going to say is, look at your Bible. Everything that the disciples did, the apostles did, they did as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And I know that we have certain things in place, limiting powers to restrain wild cards. Let's just face it. There's some men that end up in pulpits that should have never been put in the pulpit. They abuse their powers. And so I understand the need for uh, recourse. A, a mechanism by which we uh, can correct a problem. I'm, I'm not preaching totalitarianism. I'm not preaching total dictatorship or authoritarianism by the pastor this morning. I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. I, I know there's a need. But if the church can operate with those protective mechanisms in a spirit of unity and in such a way that as long as the pastor is held in check to the Word of God, that the people can move forward, then there's no problem with those restraints and those restrictions. But the moment those restraints and those restrictions become a problem to objecting to what it is the Holy Ghost is leading that church to do, then we have a problem of epic proportions. Because people who love power and people who love to have the preeminence generally not always, but generally gravitate to positions of leadership in churches. And if for no other reason, they will object because they enjoy hearing their own voice. Am I being real this morning? No offense to the deacons. I love all of my deacons. But God never wrote in the Bible where every single thing has to be approved by the deacons before it comes before the church body. That's a man-made regulation. Now, do I want to bring things before the deacons before we bring it before the church body? I do, and here's why. I value their counsel. I value their spiritual leadership, and I don't believe in doing anything out of order, and I can respect that process as long as that process respects the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But the moment we're afraid to break the box because it might upset somebody, then we're going to have a problem. I'm trying to help you see the perspective of Scripture and not the perspective of man. Sometimes we, we put things in place, and in certain situations it helps, but more times than not it only hinders what it is that God's wanting to do. And so my, the spirit of my message is not to be a rebel, but to just caution that we proceed according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit as found in the Word of God. And as long as we're going in that direction, no holds back. Amen? No, no restrictions, no restraints to what God is leading us to do. Now, I said all that to say this. God wants you to break your box here, not somewhere else. God wants you to break your box now and not tomorrow. And then lastly, I want to say this. The box is meant for a precious Savior. Amen? I want to ask it to you this way. If not for Jesus, then for who? Why are we doing what we're doing? Is it, for, if, is it for somebody else or is it for Jesus? Listen, they thought 
the disciples thought that she, uh, uh, that she used her gift on the wrong person. I mean, here she was, literally anointing the head of the Messiah, the creator of the universe, the savior of the world, and they called it a waste. That just goes on to prove that it really don't, for some people, you cannot do the right thing for the wrong person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, you could even be Jesus Christ himself and they'd have a problem with something you said or did. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Quit worrying about what other people say and do, and you do what God has called you to do. Amen? You say what God says to say. You be who God said for you to be. And don't worry about that because the disciples, the very 12 that are being discipled by Jesus, called it a waste. Did I read the text wrong or is that what it said? Waste? And some people look at what Washington Heights Baptist Church does with a critical spirit. And they say, well, what a waste. Well, isn't that vain? Well, isn't that silly? I had one person in another church say, uh, we, was, we was trying to get something passed uh, to where we could, uh, this is to me ridiculous, but Lord forgive me. I'm not going to call names and I'm not going to call churches, church names. <laughs> we wanted to go live on Facebook. Uh, and so I just did it. I got propped up my little iPod back there and got my camera going and praise God, we was broadcasting the gospel. But buddy, I was reprimanded, re- reprimanded by a deacon because we didn't discuss that first and have it approved. Shut it down because somebody had a power issue. My, what, 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 that, this is just an example that could be applied in any number of scenarios. The trouble sometimes we have is our thinking's too small. And here was the question that was later asked of, why do you want your face up on there anyway? Okay. Have you seen my face lately? It's, it's not the prettiest face in the world. I, I'm, not, I'm not in a fashion show. Amen. I, I, I don't do like some of those southern gospel singers and put makeup on so I can look real pretty. If you notice, I haven't even straightened my teeth out yet, amen, and I'm 42, so it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> this is not about the face, but did you know statistically people will watch a video before they listen to an audio? It's about reaching more people. You see what I'm getting at? People get all bent out of shape over insignificant stuff, and they call it a waste, and I want to say, What do you mean a waste? Is it a waste when somebody heard the gospel that may have never heard the gospel, but because we dared do something new and different, now people are hearing the gospel in places that they'd have never heard it before? Do you want to call that a waste? Amen. Come on. Get your thinking up. Get your thinking up. God wants to break out on the earth with His Word. And it is our job to facilitate it, not frustrate it. Break your box and let Jesus out. Amen. Let Jesus out. So that's why we do what we do. That's why I'm looking for any means possible. You know, uh, boy, I just wish I could preach to the whole world. If I had audience with 7 billion people, I'd brave it. It might make me nervous, but I'd brave it because everybody needs to hear about Jesus. 
but since I can't have all of them at once, I'll take who I can when I can. Amen. And that's what I'm talking about. Do what you can with what you got, where you are, and watch God work miracles with your little five loaves and your little two fish. Amen. Testify of the goodness of God. And you never know how far spread the breaking of your box may go. Jesus, in fact, gave her a memorial. And to this day, we're still talking about that woman that broke that box. Amen. It was valuable. It was precious. She stored up a lot of money for a long time. And she saw the day coming that Jesus would need to be anointed for his burial. And by the way, we all want to be anointed of the Lord and used of God. But when do we seek to anoint his head? Amen. You want to know how you anoint the head of Jesus? You break your box. Amen. You say, Lord, this is not my life. This is your life. In fact, it would do some of us some good to just lay ourselves prostrate before the presence of God. Get as low as you can in His presence. And if you can, hide under your rug and, pr- and pray and brag on Him and lift Him up. That's who He is in our lives. And that's where we need to be at the feet of Jesus. Amen. And then pouring oil on His head. Can somebody say amen? Oh, that the Lord would help us see that our impact will live forever if we will break our box. But if we contain that thing, and if we put it away for another day, and then the better day that we're looking for never comes, then we will have wasted all those years and all of those opportunities. Amen. And I believe what God wants to do is send revival fire to His churches worldwide and nationwide where people become radical for Jesus again where people speak up boldly for Jesus again amen aren't you tired of being backed into a corner by this old naysaying God forsaken world uh, that criticizes you for everything you want to do for Jesus Uh, it's about time you divorce yourself from public opinion uh, and even the opinion of the brethren and stand up if you're going to stand the time is now the place is now and the person is Jesus so get up on your feet and give Jesus the glory that's due His name. Amen. Break your box. The Bible said to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Some call it a waste what we're doing. But God would say that if we're not doing what we can, then we're sinning. So i got to give an account to Jesus, not you, sir or ma'am. Thank you. Jesus said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. Ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. He's talking about those restraints. Let's, let's, uh, let's cherish the box more than the fragrance. And many times we cherish our buildings and our man-made infrastructure more than we do the person of Jesus. Like some people are more proud that they're Baptist than they are that they're saved. Amen. I'm a Baptist. Been accused of being a lot of different things. Don't bother me. I've come to the point you can label me whatever you want to. 
I'm going to just follow Jesus. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow Jesus and let the labels come. Let the labels come. Because no matter where I preach, and some of you fixing to grab an oxygen mask when I'm fixing to tell you next, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. I'm fixing to preach a revival meeting in a Pentecostal church down in Mississippi next week. There he is. Where's your oxygen? But did you know there's pastors that would never be able to do that because their church might reprimand him or even ask him to resign? Because we can't do that. When the Bible says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I don't find a place on the planet that I'm not permitted and not only permitted but, in, uh, but uh, instructed by Jesus to go and preach Him. Where did we come up with all these rules and regulations? That's why I'm a little different. And thank God I'm a little different. Because I don't want to be bound by men. I want to be loosed by Jesus. Amen. And I'll go wherever He says go. Can I put it this way? If they're crazy enough to ask this Baptist preacher to come up in there and preach uh, eternal security, amen, and preach on the gospel of Jesus, then praise God, I'll go preach to him, amen. If the Catholics invite me to come preach to them, you know who I'm going to preach on? I'm going to preach on Jesus, amen. I'm going to tell them just how thorough the work of Calvary is uh, and how it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, uh, but according to his mercy that he saved us. Uh, and I'm going to preach on that great high priest and thank God I don't need a priest from man uh, because I I got Jesus Christ. I have direct access to God Almighty and I don't need an earthly father when I have a heavenly father. You see you don't change what you preach depending on where you go. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever and that means he's the same and uh, uh, he should be preached the same uh, whether you're preaching to Episcopalians or Baptists or Methodists or Catholics or whoever and I don't even understand how we ended up with all these different varying beliefs when everybody claims to read the Bible. Amen. Uh, but let me tell you something Jesus Christ is really all that matters amen that's right break your box that's why I make people nervous that's why a lot of my Baptist brethren they love me and they trust me but they never ask me to preach in their meetings <laughs> and I have come to accept that reality and I'll still go to their meetings when I'm invited to sing or to just sit and pray and uh, sometimes they'll brave it and ask me to preach and thank God for those moments. Uh, but what we've got to do is we've got to minister wh where we can with what we've got. And if they just want me to be a fly on the wall, if I'm invited, if I can get there, I'm going. And I'm going to try to be a blessing to them anyway. And that's what God wants of each of us. Amen. Some of you won't talk to somebody because they're of a different denomination. You don't want to talk to them about God. You're afraid they'll... Uh, they might convert you. You should be so solid in what Jesus has done for you that nobody can shake you from that. You should be willing to talk to anybody about Jesus. Especially if they got the wrong doctrine. I mean, if, they, if they're so off base, if, if there's anybody you need a witness to, it's the ones that are believing it wrong. Amen? That's right. I'm, I'm talking about breaking out. Amen. Why are we so quiet? Why are we so uh, meek and, and, and shy with the gospel? Oh, Lord, help us. Uh, so let me close with this. If the church trips up the gospel 
instead of transporting the gospel, then the church has ceased to be a church. Amen? So break the box and let Jesus out.